don't be scared now, but it looks like you just wandered straight into you mind country. That's you mind, short for unaffiliated mind games, and you ain't never gonna be the same again. Brace yourself. It's time for red hot truth injection. Oh yeah! That's right, bitch. We're rounding up the sheeple and shaking them awake. You mind? Too damn bad. We're gonna set fire to the wool over your eyes. Feel the burn, baby. Hot damn. We're toppling the lies of the lamestream media one by one. Woo-wee. Watch them bad boys fall. Hey, Universe A. This is Universe B, Colin, and we're gonna tear you a new one. You mind? Okay, hi everybody. Uh, it's me, Nap, and uh, I am here today with our special guest, Travis Revis. Hi, Travis. Hello, how's it going? <laughs> it's going good, thank you. Uh, so, now Travis is a comic book writer, the writer of the Unstoppable Cherub series. Uh, he is also a member of the Accidental Aliens, which is a comic book collective that is in San Diego, and uh, they put out some really great anthologies that everybody should check out. Now, Travis is also uh, sort of fronting his own comic book company called Super Abled Comics, which we're going to talk a little bit about here, which is an amazing project that I really can't wait to dive into. <laughs> and uh, he, he's also sort of an ambassador, sort of a... a is sort of getting the word out about something called the Lucky Finn Project. And in addition to all of that, he is also heading up small press for Comic Fest 2020. So, wow. Yeah, um, you, you listed all that. I feel like I'm doing a lot more than I actually am doing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, where do you find the time? Um, you know, you just, you don't sleep. Don't sleep. So I guess that's my problem, but <laughs> but that's that's uh that's really impressive stuff. Um, now, I guess you being as entrenched in the comic book industry as you are, I guess it sort of begs the question: What was the first comic, or I guess any like uh cartoon or anything like that that really got you into that modality of storytelling? Yeah. Um, well, there was there was two really big big things when I was a kid. The first one was the death of Superman. That was mm. the first time I remember going to the comic book store and and wanting to figure this out because uh, even if you didn't read comics, everybody knew who Superman was. Oh, yeah. And when they were doing that storyline, I remember thinking, like, there's, there's no way Superman could die. How's that possible? Um, but, uh, you know, my, my dad took me to the store, and I remember just lines – out the out the door of people waiting to buy that that black bag uh, comic of 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 the death of Superman. So that's what really kind of got me reading. And then afterwards, uh, there was there was like the four replacement Superman that I got really into. Um, but it was that along with um, X Men, the animated series, and X Men comics that really really kind of cemented my love for that because um as you kind of touched on in your introduction um with the lucky finn project i have uh, an upper limb difference i have a disability so growing up i never really saw anybody who looked like me either in real life or in comics 
Um, and so with X-Men, it was all about being this kind of outsider and finding your communities. So X-Men, when I didn't have my own real life community, they were they were there for me in a, in a way that um, they were a community for me in, in a sense when I didn't have a real life one. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And uh, your your upper limb difference um, is that is that perhaps the inspiration behind Unstoppable Cherub? And if you could talk a little bit about that plot line, uh, yeah, absolutely. So my upper limb difference is called um, thrombocytopenia absent radius, mm -hmm. um, or it's called TAR syndrome for short. So um, that has um, several conditions that come with it, but the most um, the one that everyone can see is the fact that I am missing my um, the radius bone in both of my um, forearms, and what that does is that cur that causes my forearm the the rest of my forearm to kind of bend and bow and um, and I basically I have shorter arms than um, than it than other people do, and I had a lot of corrective surgeries growing up as a kid. I had um, pins in there. I had metal screws and plates and, um, all kinds of hardware in me. Um, and as I had mentioned when talking about the X-Men, I never really saw anybody who looked like me. Um, I remember when I was a kid in about middle school, we had heard these rumors that George Lucas was going to be filming the Star Wars prequels and these, the, the backstory to, to Darth Vader. And I remember talking with my friends at the time and saying, oh, we should go to Hollywood and, and we could try out because, you know, one of us could be young Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. And I joked around with them about it. But I remember at the same time thinking, I say this, but I can't because even in Star Wars, there's nobody who looks quite like me. Hmm. And... That's something that always kind of stuck with me. And when I knew I wanted to uh, make comics, one of the very first things I wanted to do was create a superhero with the sh uh, with shorter forearms, like I do. And um, one of the one of the little nicknames for our our arms in the community are our little wings or angel wings, or, and I just kind of put that together with cherub because mm. I know cherubs have these little tiny wings. Uh, and I created the unstoppable cherub. Very cool. Yeah. Now, the the lead character in unstoppable cherub, um, she has the ability uh, when her arms are shortened, uh, she has increased strength, correct? Correct. Uh, yeah. So the, the lead character, her name is Akari Monroe. Uh, she has a little bit of the Superman um, backstory where her father found her spaceship pod uh, on the beach one day and brought this child home to raise to raise her. And he he discovered that she had this ability to change the shape of her arms. Um, and so the the storyline is that, she can stretch and she can look like everybody else or look, um, uh, I don't want to say normal, but, you know, look like she has long, longer arms. Mm -hmm. um, and But when she does that, her arms are much weaker than everyone else. But when she 
her arms are shorter in their natural state that they're 10 times as strong as a as a normal human being would be. So I really wanted to play up that story that the uh, more true to you, the truer you are to yourself, the stronger you are as an individual and the more things you're able to overcome. You know, once you really kind of accept this person that you are, that you're not quite like everybody else, then you're really able to be who you are. I think that's a great message. And uh, I think it's it's really fantastic that you are reaching out to uh, younger people uh, with your Lucky Finn, that being an ambassador as you are with Lucky Finn. Um, now, have any of the kids that you work with, uh, have they, they uh, read any of your comics and have, what's their response been? Yeah, I, I just want to clear up uh, something real quick there. Okay. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself an ambassador. Lucky Finn Project, yes. they actually have official ambassadors. Um, I'm just really more of, I would call myself an active member of the community. Um, so um, a little bit about Lucky Finn Project. It's a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. that uh, raises awareness about individuals with limb differences and supports the the individuals and the families of those individuals in various ways. And one of those is by bringing people together and creating this community. Um, it's been going for a while now, I wanna say probably about 10 years at least. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe less than that, but for, for a while. Um, and they, every year they kind of have this an, annual retreat in Troy, Michigan. Um, and I, I just found them one day randomly on social media, on Instagram. And I started following Lucky Finn Project and, and learning all about all these individuals and, and, um, they're, they, they had actors and actresses with limb differences. There were singers, there were children's book authors, um, there were musicians, there was all kinds of, of great um, things going on with people who have, um, you know, congenital amputations, who have uh, acquired amputations, who are missing whole limbs, who are missing uh, some fingers, who have shortened arms like I do, who have all kinds of things, who may be missing their hands, who... who any kind of upper limb different or amputation or disability, um, this this organization really uh, wants to get the word out that that we're not limited by what we are missing. Right. Um, and so I just I I flew out um, two years ago to meet these people that I've been following um, online, not like out to their cars or anything. Um, and it was a really kind of transformative experience for me because, you know, I, I'd been writing these, the Unstoppable Chair for a little while, but to really kind of meet um, not just dozens, but hundreds of other people who look like me or have this shared experience, um, this, this community was just very, very overwhelming. And, um, uh, you know, I, I said transformative. It just, it, it, it gave me something that I didn't know that I was missing at the time. Yeah. Um, and you know, you meet, you meet 
um, everyone from from newborn babies with very concerned parents trying to figure out well, what does this mean for my kid and to to people in their 60s, 70s and 80s who, you know, can have no limitation whatsoever um, with their with their disability, um, you know, and I meet you meet um, people who use the coolest, most advanced prosthetics that you could possibly imagine. And but then you also meet people who who don't need any kind of prosthetic whatsoever. So it's it's this whole world and kind of this whole community that I never really knew existed um, or I had just seen on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the founder, Molly Stapleman, she was she was kind enough to to let me go out and, and sell issues of Cherub. And um, I got to really, you know, really, really show what my intended my intended audience was this this project that I had been working on um, for a couple of years. And it um, was a feeling that I'd never really I, I, this probably isn't great for a writer to say, but it's a feeling that I can't really describe. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pride. It's, um, it's joy. It's overwhelming. It's, um, you know, it's, it's all these things. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that sounds like it would be absolutely amazing i guess yeah it it really was yeah um you know and like i said like um you know at at this event we have musical performances by with um musicians and vocalists who have limb differences Mm -hmm. um there are um you know jugglers who who put on performances um, one of my friends, her name is Alexis. She is a Lucky Finn ambassador. She has a mm. an online cooking show on YouTube called Stump Kitchen, <laughs> Cute. where she uses her her stump, she calls it, um, as a cooking utensil. She uses it as a, as a juicer, as a masher, as all kinds of different um, uh, utensils for cooking. And she does uh, gluten-free vegan cooking with it. Um, if you're if your listeners haven't had a chance, they should really, really check it out. Um, it's you won't regret it. Great. Uh, she is um, she's very, very entertaining. Excellent. Uh, um, yeah. OK, well, it, I, I mean, that sounds good. We are definitely going to try to put the link in the description box, guys. So uh, when I'm editing this, I'll make sure that I go through and do that so everybody can check her out. Um, and of course, Lucky Finn is named after uh, the character from Finding Nemo, Nemo himself, right? And his, uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I briefly mentioned Molly. So Molly, uh, Molly's daughter Ryan was born with a, a condition called sembractodactyly, mm-hmm. and it means that she was missing some of the fingers on her on her uh, hand. I believe it's her right hand. Um. And so. Um, I think Molly, you know, without having had too many conversations with her about this, but I can kind of imagine what she was feeling was that she kind of, I think she kind of felt that, you know, kind of scared. What what did this mean for her child at the time? And she kind of helped to, she founded this 
this organization called the Lucky Friend Project to to raise awareness. And the thing about Nemo is that, you know, Nemo has one fin smaller than the other, and they call it his lucky fin. And so it's this language that a lot of people were never like that I didn't have growing up. You know, how do you how do you describe to kids? You know, oh well, why are your why are your arms like this? Why is your hand like this? What's why are you different? You know, as a kid, that's that's it's a lot to say. Well, I have thrombocytopenia absent radius, and and you know, my mom and dad just happen to have the the right genetics that kind of put that together. No, no, you you know, a, a second grader, it's very difficult for a child to remember all of that. So the great thing about Nemo was that it gave us this language of the lucky fin. Oh, that's just my lucky fin. Um, and then from that, um, Molly named the organization Lucky Fin Project after that. And it just kind of simplified it and gave um, uh, uh, Molly's daughter, Ryan, a way to kind of talk about her disability in a, in a way that the other children would understand. Mm-hmm. One of the things I, I really do like about uh, Finding Nemo is that it was uh, one of the first films where you portray someone with a disability and it wasn't so, where, where you're made to feel sorry for them or you're made to focus on the disability. He has it, and it's not really all that integral to the storyline. It, it's just a part of who this person is, and they do all the other things that people do. Right. Um, and, uh, well, fish do, I guess. So... Uh, <laughs> Oh, but the, the kind of the funny thing about that is that you have the um, the character Marlon, his dad, who is who who is also very um, kind of overly worried about Nemo, mm-hmm. and not just because of his disability, but because that's the feelings that a lot of parents have. And you know, how is my child going to navigate these oceans um, without me? And, and there's a lot of this fear that comes along not only with being a parent, but also a parent of a child with a disability. Yeah. Um, so I, I thought they thought they did a really good job of kind of portraying that as well. Yeah. And then of course you are, now you are, you're pretty much the force behind super abled comics, which is a, a full blown comic book company. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's a line within the accidental aliens brand. Okay. Um, so, um, so to talking about that summer that I went out to um, Lucky Finn Project Weekend, mm-hmm. I um, there were all kinds of of very talented people. Um, there was a writer there who had already created her own comic that starred her own superhero. Um, uh, fr- a good friend of mine, Trace Wilson, he created this this children's book series, the Uniquely series. Um, right now there's uniquely me and uniquely brave. And those are children's books that he had written about having a limb difference. And, and, um, you know, he was there and, um, I hadn't, I had met some other just very talented, very gifted individuals who all had this, this similar disability and who all had these kind of stories to tell. And so I wanted to do uh, a comic anthology that 
that was just about that to where I just wanted these people to kind of tell their own stories, to create their own characters, their own superheroes, and to put that out there, to have more of that representation that um, I think that these, that these kids um, really benefit from seeing. I know I really would have benefited from seeing it when I was a kid. So after that, that first weekend, I kind of um, got in touch with, with each one of them individually and and kind of pitched them on this idea I'm like about about it uh, and I use the accidental aliens anthology as kind of a model um so for the the accidental aliens anthologies what we do is every year each each um storyteller puts together um seven pages of a comic book story and a cover and then we kickstart it. And then each story is kind of whatever story that that own storyteller wanted to tell. And so just using that as a model, I kind of um, pitched this idea to all of these other writers and just said, hey, here's here's what I know how to do. Here's what I've done before. Would you be interested in doing something similar? And all of them were very enthusiastic and they all came up with their own um character they all went out and they found their own artists um one of them was already a writer artist so he was able to do that himself um and and i just said yeah let's do this mm -hmm. um and that became super abled comics um because i thought it was a really catchy term um because uh, yeah 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 and uh if people wanted to get super abled comics uh they would be able to get it through the accidental aliens website that's right so if you go to www.accidentalaliens.com you can order a physical copy there um there should also be digital copies on there as well i have to double check but i'm 99 percent sure that's still on there um we also have some um some clothing items that have the Super Abled logo on it as well. Um, we're kind of in the middle of a soft launch right now. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Spreadshirt.com and search for the store of Color by Emmy, that's C-O-L-O-R-B-Y-E-M-I, you'll be able to see our products there. Um, we're just kind of testing out that I, I haven't done too much with with shirts and merchandise yet so we're we're trying to figure that out and see how that goes all right excellent so the the accidental aliens uh now i've i've had the opportunity to meet you guys at comic fest uh, a couple times yeah. before yeah and uh it's a really interesting group and i'm i'm just fascinated with the story of how you guys all came together how did you come up with your name um and how did you decide to do this become this collective of uh, uh yeah <laughs> yeah sure um so um i am one of the co-founders of, of accidental aliens um with along with scott lost and a couple of others and this is really kind of um i think scott is really the the genesis for all of this mm -hmm. um so he had been tabling at Comic Fest for a couple of years, not Comic Con, Comic Fest. Right. Um, 
and he would kind of meet people, different artists that he liked or kind of really clicked or gelled with or really kind of liked what they were doing. And he would kind of, uh, he would meet up with them and, and um, they would talk about different projects they would want to work on together. And, um, you know, when I, when I made the decision that I really wanted to break into the industry, that I wanted to go to conventions to not just buy comics, but to network with people. The first show that I went to was comic fest. And one of the very, very first people I ever spoke with was Scott lost. And so I just kept kind of kept doing this SoCal comic circuit, you know, um, in Southern California, we've got Comic Fest, we got Comic Con, we got WonderCon, we've got two Long Beach shows, we've got um, back at back back then it was Stanley's Kamikaze. Now I think it's uh, L.A. Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So you got all these these different shows, and you would meet, you would see the same faces over and over again, and and Scott and I would just keep seeing each other and chatting and and talking, and and I found out about this uh, meetup and I just went um, to kind of hang out. And at the time I was kind of trying to develop some of my artistic skills, but I'm really not in uh, a visual artist. I'm a, I'm a writer. Hmm. Um, and we, I just kind of fell in with this group and um, we decided that we wanted to start putting books out together. And we had had this group chat where we'd all uh, we would just chime in and talk about different stuff we were working on, different comics, different movies, different shows, or whatever it was. And in those, it's a Facebook Messenger chat, and so in there you can change the the emoji that you use for whenever something good happens. And uh, and we changed ours from a thumbs up to an, an alien head. And so. Um, someone had had kind of given us some bad unfortunate news and i had i had accidentally hit that that thumbs up button and it sent um the alien and i said whoops that was an accidental alien <laughs> and so when we were trying to come up with a with a name for our studio we kind of always remembered that like oh yeah that 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 accidental alien that sounds pretty good and we knew that it didn't sound like anything anyone else out there had uh we we liked it because it was kind of mysterious kind of intriguing and like accidental alien what is that yeah so kind of begs that question um so just based on that um excuse me (coughs) guys i should say that uh travis is really going out of his way because he is he is coming here with a bit of a cold today uh, and he, he decided to go through the interview out of the kindness of his heart. And thank you so much for doing that. Uh, no, no problem at all. Um, yeah, I've been taking copious amounts of, of cough syrup, not the kind that makes you hallucinate. So don't, so don't worry no, about no, that. No, no. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'm still trying to fight the tail end of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we really like the, 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 the name and the, and the title of it. And, uh, that just kind of that kind of stuck. Um, and we, so we've put out three anthologies, accidental alien anthologies so far. Hmm. We have put out, uh, I've put out super able comics under accidental aliens. I've put out unstoppable cherub. Scott lost has 
two different books under uh, the Accidental Aliens imprint. He's got The Second Shift, which is his creator-owned superhero book, which is all about minimum wage superheroes. He also has The Wanderers of Melisanda, which is a anime-inspired sci-fi story. Um, and we've got we've got a couple other books that we're we're working on um, together as well. Very nice. So I, I think that's got to be really exciting to just be able to connect with just like-minded people who all want to work and create things together. That's that's really something you don't find that all the time. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that's that's kind of the nice thing about uh, Comic Fest because it's such a small show; it's an mm-hmm. intimate show, and um, when you when you go to a lot of shows, there's kind of this worry that you know the smaller shows, you know, that there there won't be too many people who are very excited about the art, or you know, they just want to buy back issues. Um, but Comic Fest is such a great mix of great artists and great um, uh, attendees to where everybody who's there is really excited to be there. They're really excited to be working on the projects that they're working on. And I've never been to a show where everyone really liked everyone's work and got along so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's the festival that I've been doing, I think, for three or four years now. I, I'm not yeah, positive. Yeah, that's where you and I first met. It is where we first met. <laughs> Um, it, it's so far as the only comic fest that I'm the comic festival that I'm doing. Um, I'm a little hesitant to get out and do comic con cause I, uh, crowds, like even the crowd at comic fest, I usually need like two or three days to just sort of re-energize right. <laughs> afterwards. So I'm kind of like, I, at some point I'm going to do these. It, it's just, I have to build myself up to that level where I yeah, can. <laughs> Com- comic con is, is. A uh, very intense show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's it is our by far our our most profitable show. Yeah. Probably just because the number of of bodies who who pass by and and who are looking to spend money and and to look who are looking for you know different and unique things. But other than Comic Con, Comic Fest is far and away our second best show, which is really saying something from going to the biggest show in the entire industry Mm -hmm. to this really small, um, intimate, um, event. Um, so that, that, you know, Comic-Con is really kind of by default, the best show just Mm -hmm. by the, the number of attendees who are there. But Comic Fest is our favorite show by far, just by the, the, energy that it brings where it's not overwhelming but people are still excited um about um you know new artwork or books or creating or just just getting together and seeing each other you know it's almost like a it's almost like a family reunion every time we get together yeah it's uh it's a really great event and if you're in the San Diego area or able to come down uh March 5th through 8th at uh the Four Points Sheraton then uh you should definitely check it out. Uh but one of the yeah, big we're only 3 weeks away or Yeah I know. <laughs> I'm getting scared I have to start making prints. Um but one of the big things that's happening this year is that you are heading small press. Yeah yeah they brought me on as the small press director. Yeah. Uh, so 
prior to this year, Comic Fest has only had an artist alley. And um, not being I, an artist myself, I had, I had submitted uh, a number of times to get into the alley so I could sell my books. And, um, um, you know, I, I tried to sneak in under their radar, but uh, unfortunately the show is kind of too too intimate to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so because I wasn't able to kind of produce my own artwork at the table to sell commissions or to sell prints, they understandably had to had to say no. Um, but there had been enough discussion um, and enough of um, uh, su support, I guess I should say, to where there's really this demand to, to have a small press. Um, and so um, Matt Dunford, who, who is, is also with Comic Fest, he asked me if I would um, head up the, the small press um, this year. And so it's been, it's been fun. I, I get to, to kind of approve people's applications and make sure that they're, they actually have a book to sell and, I'm the guy with the big rubber stamp that says approved, denied, yes. you know, wait list. Uh, it's, it's never before have you seen so little power go to somebody's head so quickly. I, I don't <laughs> see you. Wow. Um, but no, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really great show. We've mm -hmm. got a lot of great artists who had moved, who've moved from artist alley over to small press because they have books that they want to sell as well. Yeah. I I'm one uh, of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. You yeah. And, and um, you know, um, Scott lost is oh, going to be nice. with me there in, in small press uh, and a number of others. So it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Very cool. And uh, you guys, if, if you want to, uh, Meet Travis, meet me, Scott Loster, any of the accidental aliens. They are going to be there. And uh, all of these uh, comic books that are coming out, the sort of independent comic books, are a really a unique experience because you're getting something that uh, it, it hasn't been sort of manipulated by focus groups or the industry or anything like that, that this is really just raw entertainment. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's... Um, Instead of trying to appeal to a certain demographic, your demographic is coming to you, the people who it really resonates with. Find you, find your book, and then they come back the next year and like, when is the next issue out? And it's kind of amazing. Yeah. So. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, you know, big two, you know, industry comic books. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, there's a lot of great books out there that unfortunately get canceled way too soon because they can't find their audience. Yeah. Um, you know, it's... The comic book industry is one of those things where I think, you know, all the creators really put a lot of hard work and passion into it. But unfortunately, if if, um, if the book's not selling, they can't, the you know, the companies can't put that out. Mm -hmm. On the indie circuit, it's really just about that passion of the creator to where it exists because we want it to exist. Um, you know, I might only sell a few issues or copies of Cherub every show. But that doesn't stop me from saying, you know, from putting out the next one or having mm -hmm. ideas of how to make the next one better. I do this. I make this book because I want to make it. And if if other people like it, that's great. But that's not the, necess the necessity for me to put out the next one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that uh, where we're starting to see a lot of, um, like, I, I met the uh, author behind October Faction, uh, mm. a, a couple, a couple comic fests ago, and and now that's a series on Netflix. <laughs> and uh, the San Diego-based company uh, IDW actually yep. put out Lock and Key, uh, which is by yeah. Joe Hill with Gabriel Rodriguez doing the illustration, and now that is also on Netflix. So yeah, you're starting to see the industry really like looking to comics and saying like, Hey, this, this is a valid form of storytelling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, San Diego has such a great history with the comic book industry mm -hmm. um, it, that goes beyond just comic con. Um, and um, San Diego is a comic book town. And I, I, one of the things that I, that I hope gets accomplished with comic fest is that people kind of know that like, you know, we're not just about comics just for for a week out of the year. We, we're all we're about it, you know, 52 weeks a year. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, we've got a we've got a great um, a great community, a great, um, you know, bunch of shops here, a bunch of great store owners who who allow us to set up and sell um, a lot of really cool independent creators. Um Keith and Jones of Kid Comics is is um, here, and he's he put together his own um, show. He's doing Black Comics Day um, in February, which this year is the first time it's going to be more than just a one day show. Um, we've got we've got a really great community. I remember when I was in in college, I was reading about. I really really idolized. Um, the beat writers, you know, Jack Kerouac yeah. and Ginsburg, and like think about this, this really cool and kooky community that was taking place in you know San Francisco during um, the '50s and the '60s, and all the you know all the the things that they were getting into, and I would idolize that, and I want to be part of a community like that. But it's kind of cool because now I find myself in a in a similar though much less drug induced right community. <laughs> Uh, community here in San Diego, and it's kind of cool to to feel like an active member of San Diego's independent comic book scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I, ex I, I see. I have always compared it to Lost Generation and Paris, and okay. it's interesting to hear your your take on it uh, is yeah. being a little more modern. But yeah, that is exactly what it's like. It's it's just this collective of people who all kind of like they're very art minded, very interested in storytelling and communicating right. these things that are running around in their head, running rampant. Yeah, and it's funny. It's with you know we live in a in a very um, technological time to where people from all over the world can can connect and so mm -hmm. i you know maybe this is getting a little meta but sometimes i feel like that sense of of close community gets kind of lost we get very into our digital communities and not necessarily our our um locational communities that maybe i should say yeah um but to have so many people here kind of close to to us to where we can get together um you know, the aliens and I, we, we try to get together once a week um, down at, at SoCal Comics, which is a, a comic book store here in San Diego. Yeah. You know, um, and meet up and talk and plan our next projects. And, and you know, it almost will never, it never fails that someone else in the community 
is excuse me is there as well and um, we get to see them as well very nice now if people wanted to to help support uh accidental aliens super abled comics uh any of the projects that you've talked about here uh we're going to give links but uh are there anything is there anything that people uh any of our listeners could possibly do that would be helpful to you guys um you know just just follow us on social media we will we we should be having another um kickstarter coming up here i don't want to speak too soon about anything but we'll have another crowdfunding project coming up um so if you follow us on our social media sites you'll you'll definitely be able to find out more about that um uh, accidental aliens is, is definitely the best way to find out what's going on um there is uh a a depending on on when you get this podcast up there's going to be a an event i believe it's this upcoming saturday the 15th okay at socal comics um i don't i don't have the the individuals names but the actor who played rufio in hook and voice one of the voices in um avatar the last airbender is going to be doing a signing there and so the the aliens will be there um, selling copies of our anthologies and our, our individual books there as well. So that's at SoCal Comics from from noon to 2 p.m. this weekend. Um, and just, um, yeah, just follow us on social media and we'll tell you guys all about the cool stuff that's coming up. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Travis. It, it was a pleasure to speak to you again. And uh, yeah, no, I guess thank I'll you. be seeing you at the Comic Fest. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, bye everyone. Special thanks to Travis Rivas, comic book writer extraordinaire. Check him out on Instagram at Rivas Travis. That's him. Over on Facebook, he goes by slash Travis J. Rivas. That's his page. Check it out. And be sure to check out AccidentalAliens.com. On Facebook, they're The Accidental Aliens. And on Instagram, at Accidental Aliens. It's easy to remember. Special thanks to Savage C. Walnar, our legendary announcer. Thank you so much, Savage. And our You Mind theme is by Ethan Mexel. It's called Demilitarize Zone, and you love it. Just, just say you love it. He does a good job, okay, guys? So, if you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lucidnap, or for small one-time donations, buymeacoffee.com slash lucidnap. It helps us out so much, especially with Creeping Wave. And in case you didn't know, Creeping Wave Radio is our sister podcast, which is more of an audio drama, and it sort of follows me, Nap, on all my crazy adventures that are sort of induced by interviewing all the folks on the You Mind, some of who are uh, <laughs> paranormal creatures. You know, sometimes. But we don't make a lot of money on it because of the fact that we uh, use copyrighted music to try and help promote bands in San Diego. Which is why we're kind of picking up the pace here on the You Mind and sort of trying to do a weekly show or sometimes bi-weekly when you're lucky. And uh, I'm trying to, you know, raise some funds, get those Patreon dollars coming in, maybe get a couple sponsors when you have a regular schedule. It's a little easier to land that. And uh, yeah, just uh, looking to try and get that support so we can keep on telling the story. So help out where you can. If you'd like to keep us playing local music and doing our show, 
then you can always go to www.lostredcomic.com and buy some of my prints, some of my comics, make a commission. I'll draw whatever you want. Go ahead. You can always just follow us on all of our Instagram and all that good stuff. And that's going to be in the link below because there's just like a whole bunch of links. And yeah, they're everywhere. But thank you for watching or listening. And special thanks to The Gramerica Show, Nikki Benfield, and Neil, who are our Patreons, and we could not do it without their love and support. No, we couldn't. <laughs> I really couldn't, seriously. The You Mind is brought to you by Lucid Nat Productions in cooperation with a hairy old man. Thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>